going to talk about truth this morning, and it's time to be free, amen? Now, I know I touched on this subject a few weeks ago, and I, I want us to uh, get in, actually get involved with uh, the purpose of Jesus. And he came for a purpose, and that purpose is something that we're to connect with. That's how life becomes changed. When you connect with religion, there's no change. Actually, life gets worse. But when you connect with Jesus, there's the opportunity, say opportunity, opportunity for change. Uh, just because you receive Jesus doesn't mean you're going to change. Change is a choice. Everybody say change is a choice. And change is not change until it's, change is not change until it's, that's the truth about change. You can beg for change, you can cry for change, you can pray for change, you can fast for change, you can, you know, think about change. But until you change, there is no change. And everybody in here wants change. There's something you want change in, amen? Am I correct on this? Something you want, you want change in some area of your life, you want change in some area of your home. You want change in other people, right? Maybe you all that, but I know you want change in someone else. But the point is, is, is it, now I can guarantee you, you can go anywhere in the world and, and ask, you know, this same question. Do you want change? And everybody's going to go, yes. It's just the way we are. It's in our DNA to want change. Remember when you're kids, man, you are, you're growing up and you always wanted that next step. You wanted to get to that next level. You, you know, you, you, you just started a walk and you're seeing, you know, the, the children on tricycles and you, you want to get to that level. You, you don't, you're not looking to ride a Harley, you know, isn't that true? You're looking to that next stage, and then you get to that trike stage, and you're up to the bicycle stage, and then the bicycle stage, you know, you can, you know, move into different directions on that, and then it's just, we look at life in these segments, these stages, and it's in us to want to get to the next level, and so there's nothing wrong with that, and we need to understand this, but when it comes to life we are affected by our beliefs. And those beliefs can hold us back and could build boxes around our life and hinder us from God's destiny for our lives. And guarantee that destiny is, is, is filled, that journey is filled with love. Like Saj was saying, we, we personally don't believe we deserve his love. We personally, and we, I, can, I can write a book upon why I don't deserve it. But the point is, is God does believe you deserve it. Why would he create everything that he did knowing that Adam and Eve were going to fail? Have you ever thought about that? Now, you might be thinking, what? wait, wait, wait. No, God makes it perfectly clear in Scripture that he had the answer to the fall worked out before he created anything. The lamb was slain before the foundations of anything, before anything existed. God had already 
put Jesus to the cross. Now think about that. That's amazing to me just to process that. And I know that it's a difficult thing to understand, but it's the truth. See, God created us to be like him. And that ability to make choice, the ability to operate with the, the, the free will. And that's how he created us. But he also knew that there was going to be a fall in that free will. But that didn't stop him. He didn't say, ah, let's start over. Let me try it again. If, if he's going to do anything, then don't give us free will. And then we'll just be, you know, robotic human beings. But that's not what he did. Oh, man, gosh, he loves you. With great love, he loved you. While you were the biggest losers on planet Earth, the biggest sinners on planet That's what the Bible says. And he says great love. Isn't that amazing? I know when I talk about this, it really freaks people out because we, we don't have the concept of that type of love. And then when we hear about it, it's, it's unrealistic. I get it. But I can tell you right now where I am at now in my life, and believe me, it has nothing to do with being a pastor. It has to do with the knowledge and understanding I have of his word. There's not even, there's, there's nothing can get me to deny that he loves me greatly. Nothing. Now, years ago, there was a possibility. And when I was new in it, oh, it was possible each week. Amen? Because I had small understanding. And as I continued to grow and mature, I continued to get more of a foundation of that love. It took a long time, people. You know what affected me the worst was how I was raised. I was raised in a home with a father, a dad, that never said, I love you. That never showed he loved me. Didn't get a hug. Don't remember any of those from my dad. Isn't that interesting? And that affected me because now I have a spiritual father. You just don't turn that on and go, okay, I get that now. Okay, show me love. You, you don't, you, it's almost like you don't have an ability to recognize or understand what that even means because my whole life was raised without that. Now, if you would have said, God, my mother, that would have been simple, you know? And even if I screwed up, I'd know God, my mother would love me. Right? Wasn't that true? Because y'all know moms are. But God the Father was an issue. So think about it. The truth was the truth. But I had a difficulty believing. Now, I believed something, but it wasn't truth. I could establish it as truth as far as my perception, but it wasn't true. And that's what I want to talk about this morning because this is so important for your journey as a follower of Jesus. You're going to get tripped up. You're going to sabotage your own walk by not grasping the importance of your belief and how you came by that. And those are, quote, the truths you believe, which if they don't line up with the truth, they're a lie. And that's so, so vital to understand because what you're going to do is you're going to get in this faith and you're going to start walking it, and it's going to go contrary to everything you know about yourself. So when God's saying this about you, it's like, 
God, you don't even know me. I thought you were God. Man, you didn't even, you, you, did you even see last week? But see, that's what we do. But God operates on the ultimate level of truth. Ultimate level of truth. In other words, there's no, there's no variance in it. It's the truth. One plus one equals two is an ultimate truth. It, you can't do anything about it. It is the truth. Do you understand that? You can try to convince yourself it equals three or one plus one equals one, but that's a belief you have, but it's not true. You understand? Okay. So what we do is, is we, let's look at the scripture in, in, in John 18, 37. It says this, for this purpose, Jesus, Jesus speaking, for this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I have come into the world. And Jesus is throwing down right now. This purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. And everyone, turn your name and say, he's talking to you right now. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Listens to what? His voice. He didn't say listens to what the media had to say, listens to what Google's Googling, listens to what Snapchat is throwing out there. No. Not listens to, does my friend like my Facebook page or not? No. He says, I've come to witness truth. And I want those that are connected with me to hear truth. And that is the dilemma of the Christian faith, because there's a whole lot of people that have an issue with truth. It's a difficulty for them. It's hard to grasp, hard to connect with. And like I said, I've done this journey for a while now, and I get it. Man, do I get it. I can understand the, the process. I go through the, my, my own experiences in life, and there's so many times I can look at my life and go, I don't know if I can do that. And it was just because of the age I was at, the understanding I was at. And as I grew and matured in life, I ended up where I was doing it. But see, at one point, there was an instability. There was a concern, a fear, a worry, a doubt. But as I matured and as I grew in life, it became nothing. Nothing at all. I was able to overcome what I thought, this might be hard. You ever get this? And so in life, that's what we have to understand. There are many, many things that, that we're going to come up to that we write off only because of our past. Only because of our past. And in our life right now, it's, it's this journey. It's, it's this road, this highway we're on. And this highway is, is filled with beauty and, and filled with just awesome things in front of us, but there's also obstacles that we've got to get around. One thing you need to recognize as far as in life in general and our journey in this life is in the life car. Are you with me? It only has rear view mirrors, but it doesn't have reverse. You ever thought about that? The life car you're in has a rear view mirror, but you can't go reverse. You can't go back to tomorrow, yesterday. It, did it take you a while to get that? I mean, you're, 
Or, or when I said rear view mirrors, were you thinking of Mater? Okay. If you grew up and you just have girls, you don't know what I'm talking about. Life is a highway. I'm going to ride it all my life. Come on. You're going my way. I heard that song like a billion times. Man. Anyway, it's an awesome song. So truth is, in fact, a verified or indisputable fact. Truth is, in fact, a verified or indisputable fact. That's the definition of truth. Truth is not feeling or what you want it to be. I said truth is not feeling or what you want it to be. Truth is not experiences. Self-truth or self identify. You ever heard those terms? I self-identify. I have my truth, your truth. And a lot of people, you know, hey, I love how you're talking about your truth. I love to hear your truth. And in, in this society, it's like everybody's into talking about their truth. And the way they relate to it is, is it's the truth. Though everything about it doesn't even line up to truth. But because it's a common vernacular, it's something that we, 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 we say because we want to be in with this, you know, this group that really doesn't even understand truth. And because of that, it's causing what I see in life and Scripture, confusion. See, the problem is, is y'all have beliefs. You have your truths, but it doesn't make it the truth. It's something you believe. And when you understand that, that gives you the ability to go, okay, I have these, these, this information in me that I see as true, but honestly, honestly, I cannot say it is the truth. In other words, it's an unmovable, undeniable fact. You understand that? I mean, there are things that you're dealing with in life. There are changes that you look at and go, I keep, I keep moving toward change. I never get it. Well, the fact is, the truth is, is I'm just this way. That's not true. It's not true at all. But it's what you've concluded because of your experience. Because see, someone else could be that same journey and getting all kinds of change. That would deny your truth. Everybody get this? You understand this? So, you see, one person can't have a truth and another person have a different truth and establish it as the truth. It, it doesn't work that way. So when you get this, and listen, this is common sense. This is science. There, everybody's going to, y'all get it now. I said science. <laughs> that, that's amazing how that's being used, and it's selected to the scientists that are agreeing with them. It's almost like Google science. And you just Google and you get wherever you want to get to to agree with whatever you want. Just Google enough. Could be first page. Or you might have to go a few pages down, but you'll find what you want to hear. And that's the way the world is today. So what we do is to say, hey, Google says it. It does. And then you get on and look and it says, no, it doesn't. You got to go like 1,300 pages and all of a sudden it says it. But they're saying, Google said it. You know Google is nothing, right? 
just, uh, some of you, I don't know, you know. I'm talking about not the live streamers, but the people that, I don't know who I'm talking to. John 8, 31 through 45. As he was saying these things, Jesus, many believed in him. Now, this is Jesus at the temple as a manner of what he would do. He'd go to church, okay? It was his manner. It was what he did. So he's at the temple, and there's all these religious people. Just think about this. Religious people all over the place. Now, watch this. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So right there, he's communicating, he's speaking truth, and you have in the audience religious people that are hearing it, and they're believing it. And they're going, I believe this. This is, this is I, what he's saying, it's, it's different than the way I was taught, but I believe it. So they're connecting. Not everybody, but some are connecting. This is so cool. So Jesus said to the Jews, the religious ones in there that believed in him, he says this. So there's this connection, this one, you know, these religious guys are all there, and some are going, man, I like, you like this, man? This is good stuff. I believe him. Do you believe? Yeah, I believe him. And you got a bunch of other ones that are going, yeah, whatever. Sleeping in service. Whatever. <laughs> And, and Jesus then goes the next stage with them. See, you have believed. You come to the place of believing, but the next stage is what I believe a lot of Christians, a lot of followers of Jesus are missing. And this is what he does. He says, if you abide in my word. Now, abide means to move in to make permanent residency. That's what it means. That's actually what God said, Jesus said, about what he was going to do with you if you received him. He'd say he'd move in. He, he rents a one-way one way rental. That's it. This ain't two-way. He goes one way, and boom, he's staying right there. That's why he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So he's going to be with you forever. That's unchangeable. Everybody got this? Unchangeable. Now, here he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, remember, the word disciple is, is a follower, an apprentice, someone that's learning the trade. So he said, this is how you're going to learn the trade. This is how you're going to uh, move up the ladder of success with me. He says, you're going to abide in my words. Now, what does that mean, abide in his words? It means his word becomes priority. You all know when you abide in a word. Do I have any Cardinals fans in here? You know you abide in that cardinal word. What does that mean? You think about them. You talk about them. I guarantee you anybody come up to you and you'll say, they'll, they'll even use the word cardinal, and you're ready to throw stats, you're ready to talk about quarterbacking, you'll do whatever. Now, isn't this true? So in, in this place of, of the abiding in, the word of God is in us, and it's supposed to be something we can talk, think about, 
our favorite things we can talk and think about. That's the word abiding in you. You, Like I said, some of you like cooking. You like hunting, fishing. You like sports. You, you like a lot of things, shopping. And y'all know when you like a shopping, you abide in what? Sales, you abide in, you know, Prime Day, you abide in. Isn't this true? That you abide in it. Everybody got this now? So I, the reason why I'm saying this, because I don't want you to Christianize it. Turn it into some just religious uh, teaching to where it's not for me today. So y'all abiding in something, right? So all he's saying is abide in the Word. And that means that that word that you're getting, the word you're hearing, it's, it's a priority in your life. So now what happens when something comes before you, the word of God is in second place. It's not thrown in a corner. It's something that now is in a position of relating in life. So you're not making decisions without the word of God coming involved. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I say, say that so the Cardinals are in the Super Bowl. And let's say it's at 1 p.m. And it's 1 p.m. this Sunday. And then I say, hey, at 1 p.m., I'm going to have a meeting with the church, and we're going to talk about very important things. Guarantee you, the ones that are abiding in the Cardinals aren't going to be at this meeting. I don't care what I talk about. They're going to be abiding in the Cardinals game especially if it's a Zerbo. Isn't that true? I know it's quiet, but that's usually when it's truth. I know I'm hitting truth. It'd be all noisy and whatever if it wasn't truth. But everybody right now, you're shaking in your boots. You wouldn't do that, would you? Would you do that? We'll see. Maybe I will. You You should be like in an excitement inside your spirit by me just saying that because... Maybe I have insight that they will be in the Super Bowl. You never know. That could be prophetic. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You're not, this isn't fake. This is, what it, this is what an apprentice looks like. All right? Then he goes on, and you will know. Everybody say, and you will know. The word know is gnosko in the Greek, and it literally means come to an understanding, the knowledge of something. So it's a process, process of getting knowledge to the point of, I got it. All right? Process. Everybody say process. My goodness, we got to get this stuff down. Process. It's not you get saved and I know everything. You get saved and now it's time to grow. Grow. Growing takes time. It isn't overnight. When you receive Jesus, it's going to take time to grow. And you don't stop growing. So you younger ones in the Lord, chill. And don't let the religious Christians judge you. Because they love to demand that you come where they're at. They love that. That's just the way the, the Pharisees and scribes and Sadducees and religious people are. They judge according to their walk, not according to truth. Whoa, there it is. Truth is the common sense, natural principle, will always line up with spiritual truth. 
You don't go to a three-year-old and start say, act like a 16-year-old. But you can't go to a 16-year-old and say, quit acting like a three-year-old. <laughs> right? All right. But the three-year-old, you go, no, nah, you can't. They got to grow. They got to mature. Well, that's the same way in the faith. We just don't get it. My, I'm telling you, early on, I was in the mess. I'm in, I was in the, you know, the, the constant judgment of you should know this stuff or you should be at this position. And it, it really screws up your walk. And it, and it hinders your life in this walk with the Lord. And it's something you don't want to do. You want to get this thing and recognize it's a process. I'm going to come to know. Amen. So he says, you will know, come to know the understanding of the truth. Everybody say the truth. And the truth. What the truth? The understanding truth. Y'all got this? Let's follow the, follow the teaching of Jesus. Prentices, hear me. You believe me. Hear my truth. And then when you come to the understanding of you're, you're getting it and it's connecting with you, that getting, connecting, understanding now becomes what? Something you apply. Why? Because you're a disciple. You're now applying that truth and the application of that truth will set you free. Now, if you read it this way, and you shall know the truth and truth will set you free, Without any teaching what I just did, you will understand that it's an out-and-out -out lie. It doesn't work that way. Why? Because I guarantee you, there are tons, there are everybody in here, you know a truth, but you don't do it. And there's trouble, isn't there? There's trouble. You know you have to be a certain way or act a certain way or, or do a certain thing, and you know it as truth. If I do this it will bring a blessing in my home. It'll bring a blessing in my family. It'll be a blessing in my marriage. If I do this, if I, if I operate this truth, and then you don't do it. Well, see, that doesn't, make, that doesn't make sense in the way people quote that scripture. They say, well, if you got truth, you're free. And that's not true. You got truth, it ain't free until you apply it. And when you apply it, I'm doing what I know is right. Then that's the application of truth, and that's where freedom comes. Everybody get that? Y'all with me? All right. So, then others in the temple answered him. I don't, I don't hear a question. Do you guys hear a question? I don't either. Isn't that interesting? Very good to pay attention to Scripture. When you're reading, pay attention to every word. Because you, you just read. To get reading done, that ain't doing nothing for you. Got in there going, oh, look, they're reading. It ain't doing anything. It just, it's a religious concept of you're supposed to read. No, you're supposed to receive. Now, of course, there's reading involved, but I'm talking about the understanding of why you read. You don't read just so you can read the Bible. That doesn't do anything for you at all. It never will. The receiving of it will. And so what, what the Word is saying is, is that this is truth, and you apply the truth, and things happen in your life. You're going to be free in your life. Then the other religious that are standing there answer, and this is interesting, they're going to answer him. Now look at this. They answered him, again, no question, 
What does that mean? Another teaching. When it comes down to people and you're communicating truth, the religious one will always argue the point. Always. They're going to always wait for the process of, I need to give input. I need to answer the question that you're telling me. But there's no question. You're saying, well, you know, this is what Scripture says, and this is, this is what I believe. And in their head, they're going, I can't wait till it's my time to answer them. And that's how religious people are. are you can pinpoint them. They're always looking for an argument. Always looking to input what they believe. It's always going to be that way. Now look at this. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. What in the world are they talking about? No, come on, pay attention, be, be wise. Jesus just said, the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. We ain't no one slave. Again, out and out lie. Israel has been in slavery by seven different nations. Through their life, seven different nations. They're in Rome right now where they literally are under bondage by Roman rule. They can't just do whatever they want. And they're sitting there going, we've been no one's slave, never. And all he said was the truth and applying it will make you free. What does that tell you? It tells you no matter what you say, religious people are going to fight and argue, and it doesn't even make sense. They're going to argue and fight out of their religious concept, not concerning truth. Let's move on. We've never been anyone's slave. Lie. How does it say you will become free? Jesus says this. Truly, truly, I say to you. When he says truly, truly, he's like going, he's breaking it down and going, the truth, period. You better listen to the truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin, now watch this, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Everyone who what? Commits sin. Read, read, read it correctly. Everyone commits sin is a slave to sin. Everyone commits what? Does it say plural? It doesn't say plural, does it? Interesting. The reason why is, is in this word, it's commit to do. It's used many times in the Bible, and there's four different Greek words for it. But right now, we're majoring on the two most used words for do or commit. It's poeo and praso. And this is so important because this is how the Greek is written in its language. The Bible's written in the Greek language. So we have poeo and praso. Praso is a, is, is a term used a lot in the Bible to do. And what it literally means is, is you're doing it in the, in the concept understanding of it's practice. You do it consistently. You hear it. So you're doing something because it's habitual. It's something you're practicing. This word is poeo. Poeo is you're doing it because it's from within you, and it's also used the term to bear fruit. 
Hear me? So he's saying this. Listen. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. What he's talking about is the sin nature. That's it, the sin nature. And he says, anyone where the sin, the nature of sin, will be slave to that, the sin nature. Do you hear this? That's all he's saying. He's not saying anyone who's, you know, you just go out committing sins. He's not talking about people that are born again, people that are followers of Jesus. He's talking about the sin nature right now. So he says, anyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. See, right now he's talking about relationship. He's talking about nature. A slave can live in the house, but you're not part of the family. You see this? A slave can live in the house, but not part of the family. He's right now speaking about a nature and saying, you got to become a part of the family. Once you're part of the family, you don't have the poio nature of sin. Now, you can proso, you can commit it in the process of making a choice, but that doesn't change your nature. That's a choice. I'm not too deep for you guys right now, am I? You getting this stuff? Okay. Now, even if you're not getting it, just go, yeah, I got it. I got it. Let's move on. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If what? The son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are an offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. And they were. They were wanting to kill Jesus. Because my words find no place in you. When you don't have the words of Jesus in your life, you can get just, you, you, you can be so off to want to even kill truth. Oh, man, this is, this is good stuff, Maynard. You guys hearing this? That, that's, it's society right now. There are people literally that want to kill truth. They want to kill, murder truth. Interesting, interesting. He goes, you want to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. There's that connection, the sin nature and the voice of the devil speaking to these religious guys. I, I was talking to the interns um, Saturday, and we, I started off, the beginning of the, my class with them is, is don't lie. That's how I started off. I don't want anybody to lie. And then I went through the process of explaining where lies come from and how we lie. And I was trying to get them to understand that if you want to operate in the correct journey of a follower of Jesus, we've got to be truthful. You don't have to put on a show for anyone. You don't, you don't have to be embarrassed if you get a wrong answer. Be truthful. And when you're truthful, you enter into a different life, a concept, the ability to have change, the ability to move to the next level. But if you lie, you don't, you, don't, you don't go anywhere. You won't go anywhere. Be truthful. Don't be a liar. 
And that's how I started it off with them and started explaining different things to help them get to this place of, you know, their teenage years to a next level. And, we, and, and, and literally, we are, we are going on subjects to help them understand that we're not perfect. You're going to see things that, that can make you question what you believe only based upon someone else's action. And they're not perfect. And I tried to get them to grasp this, to understand this, because it's so important for us even in here. We're not in the youth ministry, but we need to know these things just as they need to know them. Because truth matters. Number one, most important thing. But if we're not looking at it correctly, we can be misled. We can be deceived. And that's not what we want. We want truth. Living a life of truth is, is, is very valuable. It'll get you off the track of pointing fingers and always making an excuse of something else for your responsibility in life. Truth will help you engage in a life that, that doesn't blame, and always, always pointing fingers, always going, it's this and this and this. Truth will help you quit listening to people like that because you start realizing that they don't speak truth. Because when it ultimately comes down to it, lying is a position of the devil. And there's a purpose for it. Steal, kill, and destroy. If they can destroy your relationship, if they can destroy your walk, if they can destroy your family's journey, that's good, to benefit their self-centeredness. That's how the devil works, people. Amen? we got to know this stuff. So he said, I know you're the offsprings of Abraham. You seek to kill me because my, my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I've seen my father, and you do what you heard from your father. They said, Abraham's our father. They, they, don't even, they can't even hear what he's saying. He said, listen to what he just said. You guys pay attention. Look at this. He goes, I've seen with my father, and you do what you heard from your father. They answered, Abraham's our father. Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing what Abraham did. Common sense, right? And what did Abraham do? Obey God's word. He said, you'd be doing what Abraham do. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth. That I heard from God, and you're trying to kill me. Isn't this interesting? He says, But now you seek to kill me. I told you the truth. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing what your father did. What did, his, what did the, their father do? Kill. Kill. His first action was to kill Adam and Eve. You say, well, how did he kill them? They still live. No, he, he killed them. He killed them in the spiritual life, which means that they then would die in the natural life. He killed them by them believing and following his lie. That killed them. The next stage is the natural act. Cain killed Abel. How? The devil. The devil 
influence Cain, and Cain killed his brother. Just as God went to Cain and said, the devil's ready. He's going to get you. Don't let him. And he did let him, and he killed a murderer from the beginning. And from that point on, we see nothing but death and destruction after the fall of Adam and Eve. Isn't that interesting? They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. So what they were saying is, is, no, we're lined up with Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 12 tribes, we're part of that. We have a father, Abraham, and I am one. That's what they're doing right now, okay? He said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I come not on my own account, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You cannot what? Bear to hear my word. Now, like I said, one of the things that I wanted the interns and these, these teenagers to understand is, is when you look at life, you can't judge according to your perception. Because everybody's at different levels. And I said, I told them when it comes to stats, I'm big on stats because it shows human nature. But, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, stat on teens leaving the church, you know, they get out of youth ministry and they leave, leave the faith, was approximately one out of 11, one out of 11. Today it's one out of five. When I was in youth ministry back in the day, doing, being a youth pastor, um, I had many times, even as a pastor, many times I talked to teenagers. Many, many, many times I've talked to them in college age. The number one reason why most young people, teens, college age, lead the faith is because of the word hypocrite. That's it. And they get that from mainly their parents. So their parents go to church on Sunday. They put on their Christianese, Christianese clothes, Christianese talk. And then they go home on Monday and that, you know, they're like children of the devil. Because it's, it's not followed through with. There's this, there's this fakeness. And so when those young people, and, and y'all know what I'm talking about because this, this, this is pure, unadulterated fact. The way you live is the way they're going to be. That's why you got to make sure you're putting down a picture that when they get older, they follow that same picture because they're going to follow that same picture. I... Religious people con themselves. They love to con themselves like, no, they won't. Yeah, yeah, right. You're the only person on planet Earth. Every person on the Earth operates that way. But you. Big fat lie. It's a lie. But this is what happens. We want to deceive ourselves. Why? Self-centeredness. Selfishness. So we, we believe lies. Because we want to do something. We want to do it our way. Our kids won't be that. Yeah, they will. Gosh. You call God a liar, but you don't want to go that way. 
Only pastoral because I'm going to bring up Scripture. And that's when religious people don't like it. Don't teach, don't show me Scripture. I want to go by what I feel, what I think. Happens all the time, people. Like I said, I've been doing it for a while now. Happens all the time. And so on your defense and my defense, I made it very clear. We're all hypocrites. Every one of us. Y'all have been hypocritical in your life. Every one of us. Every one of us. We're not happy about it. We're not proud about it. But we've been hypocritical, correct? Amen. Well, at least the teens were more truthful than you guys. You're hypocritical right now. But it's true. And I wanted them to understand that because I, I also said this. Now, let's, let me ask you guys a question. I'm talking to the teens. I said this. How many of you got a full-time job? Not one hand went up. Hmm, that's interesting. How many of you got one bill coming in each month? Huh, interesting. No hands went up. And then I said, okay, let's look at your hypocritical parents. How much do they work? How many bills they got coming in? So all of a sudden, you're looking at your life and their life, and you're seeing something totally different. So there are things they're dealing with in life. There are stresses there are dealing with their, their issues. There's, there's all kinds of things that are in their life that can, that can give an open door to be hypocritical sometimes. I said, but that doesn't mean they're a hypocrite. Because a hypocrite is someone that's doing it on purpose. It's their life's goal to deceive. And I said, anybody, can you tell me what the word hypocrite is? And of course they could, and I know you guys can't either, because you're just going to give me a natural or a picture that's, you know, in the Webster Dictionary. But it actually comes the Greek word that they use for a term for an actor or actress. So back in the day, You'd go and see someone, you'd go, look at that hypocrite. And they'd go, hey, yo, what's up, man? And it'd be exciting. Why? Because it was a term for an actor. And what they would do is, is in that time period, they would put a mask to represent a feeling in a play. So if they were sad, they'd throw up a sad mask in the play. If they were happy, they'd throw up a happy mask in the play. That's a hypocrite. So what they're doing is they're putting something in front of them which isn't actually what's within them. That's what a hypocrite was. But again, it's a statement made as, look at the actor, they go, look at the hypocrite. Now, if I went, hey, look at the hypocrite, you'd go, what? what? <laughs> Don't call me a hypocrite. Right? Isn't this true? But back then, it wasn't that way. But today, we got a lot of people throwing up masquerades. I go to church, praise God, on Monday, you, you cussing like, uh, like everybody used to do when they were younger. I don't know about sailors cuss. I know there's a statement, but I know a lot of plumbers cuss, cuss more than sailors. I mean, in the trades, I work construction most of my life, and I can tell you right now, plumbers in general were, have the foulest mouths, and they're always drunk. But anyway, that's a whole different message. 
So pretty much he's establishing you don't live truth. You don't know truth. And so we have, we have religious people receiving it and going, I, I believe in this Jesus. And then you have Jesus communicating to him saying, let's get some freedom in your life. Isn't that awesome? Let's get some freedom in your life. I love this because that's what I say to me. And I want you to hear the same thing. I want you to wake up in the morning and go, let's get some freedom going. Let's get some freedom going. And that freedom is what? I'm, I'm going to hear this word. I'm going to receive this instruction. And I'm going to do it. Guess what? This does not just apply to the Bible. It applies to life. So we understand when it comes down to it, truth, ultimate truth, and then truth, what we believe is our truth. And by the way, there's no such thing as your truth. I mean, if, if, if you want to look at this in a correct manner, there isn't any. There is no such thing as your truth. I'm not trying to rob you from experience or or, or try to argue this point with you. I mean, you have beliefs, but you can't establish them as the truth unless it is the truth. Like I said, this society today, everybody wants to tell you their truth. Let me tell you, it's, it's pretty much this way. Let me tell you my opinion is which is my truth. And we're all supposed to go, And you hear them talk about just crazy stuff, and you're like going, that ain't truth. That's crazy. But see, you can't do that because you might offend them. They might get their feelings hurt. Why? Because they're living a lie? I, don't bring your truth to me then, because I'm going to be honest tell you. What do you think? Don't ask me that. No, really, I want to know. Don't ask me that. You want truth or you want me to act normal like everybody else? I want the truth. That's a big tent. That's a circus tent. And I wouldn't be caught dead in that tent. You wanted the truth. Old truth. Nothing but the truth. So help you God. No, there's no such thing as your truth about you. There's only lies or there's the truth. There's two categories. Lies, the truth. When it comes to you, lies, the truth. You want to talk about the truth to me? It's going to be, man, I can, I can accomplish anything. Remember, rear view mirrors, no reverse. You want to look in the rear view mirror, you're going to find out every reason why you can't. But wait a minute, the truth says you can. I just can't, it won't happen, it'll never happen to me. That's another lie. No, I got proof it never happens. Nope, it's a lie. God said, all things are possible to those who believe. You just got to start believing. There's just, we got to do some changing, a little tweaking, a little fixing here and there, and we'll get into the truth. Amen? The truth. Are you guys following me? It's so important. So important. Believing something you think is the truth does not make it the truth. Believing something you think is true doesn't make it the truth. That's what you have to understand. That's the journey of my life. That's the journey of most everybody in here. You've gone through this process of truths you believe. Well, I'm just not this type of person. I'm not, I, you don't know how many times, how many times I've heard this. People saying, oh, I can never do this. And, and a few months later, they're doing exactly what they said, never. 
all the time. I've seen it in church so, so many times. I can never talk and I can never sing. And, I, and, and they're talking and singing. To where you're like going, can you shut up now? What other person that never? I mean, I'm, I've seen it. I, this is one I love too. A, a woman come up, will cry and everything else. And I understand their pain. I understand their hurt. They have a husband that never, never goes to church, will never go to church. And it hurts. It's, they're broken. And they come to me. Now, I'm not talking about another church. I'm talking about this one. And I say to them, this is my word from God to you. He will be in this church. You stay here, he's going to come in the church. He will be in the church. It, God gave me this years ago when I first started. He said it to me. And from this point, I've been saying it to these. I've been saying it to women that have been saved 30 years and their husbands they won't. They'll never go to church. Not only do they come, they'll serve here. I'm telling you right now. I've seen it's over and over and over and over again. And it shocks people because they're like going, their whole concept of that, that father or that husband is, is ain't going to happen. And I'm telling you, I know what God told me. And every person that hears me say that, hears me make this statement, they will come. They're going to come. It will happen. So anytime, anytime you know someone that their husband says he'll never go to church, he will never be caught dead in church, if they come in here, you might as well tell them right now, oh, he'll come. He'll come. He'll come. And it happens over and over again. Over and over again. So, again, our truths are just our opinions, but they're not truth unless they're the truth. And that's how we get to change, the truth. Amen? All right. A new study was found concerning lying. Lying gets easier for people that lie more because lying changes the brain. A nature neuroscience report, a study of amygdala, then the amygdala is, they're like kidney shape, but they're in the middle of your brain here. There's two of them, all right? And they're involved in emotion, memory, fight and flight response. Those two areas. Now watch this. It is, um, the researchers said that amygdala shows up less and less as we lie more and more. Essentially, our guilt feelings tend to weaken and shrink. So what happens is, is this is to help us know how to react and how to deal emotionally, even in a place of danger. But the more you lie, the more that area shrinks to where you're not even reacting the way you're supposed to as you're created, as, as a human being created on this planet. You start stealing and robbing yourself from the ability of living a life of truth because you're constantly lying. You open that door to lying. I like when I was telling the, the teens, I said this. I go, do you guys ever remember? Because they're, they're still young. Do you remember when you were younger? Ever your parent taking you along to the side and going to the corner or, or coming to the couch and saying, listen, little Johnny, let me teach you something. Bring a plate of cookies and give them the cookie and say, go ahead and eat it. Now, do you, do you like that? Now I want you to tell mommy, I'm going to ask you, did you eat that cookie? I want you to say, no. 
Now, did say it with authority. Go, no, Mommy, I didn't. Did your parents ever teach you to lie? You are the biggest liars in the world growing up. No one taught you. No one. No one explained, defined it. But I can tell you right now, parents, am I telling the truth? I don't care if you're two years old. Did you do? Did you? And then you're dripping with cupcake or you're dripping with cereal and you got, you got, the, you got it in your hand. Did you take that? Ask me, where'd that come from? Exactly. That's the nature. That's the nature. You don't ever, you have to teach your kids to tell the truth. But you never have to teach them to lie. Never. They don't even need a parent. They will learn, they will lie. Interesting, isn't it? Lying affects our perception of life as, as well as the reaction to it. So we keep a lie. Now you'd be thinking, why are you talking about lying now? Because the, the truths that you think are true aren't. They're lies. So what's happening is you are living lies based upon your opinion or feeling based upon your training. As you are trained, you are getting, you know, whatever your parents were feeling or your neighbor or your grandma, whoever, whoever has been that influence, even schools have been inputting in your life, and you're receiving that information. It is molding and forming and shaping you, which now you become this person where you now sit and there go, this is just who I am. That's a big, fat lie. This is who you are trained to be, but it's not who you are. That's the lie. Well, it's just me. It's who I am. No, it ain't. It was that alcoholic family you were raised with. And we don't want to look at that stuff. We want to try to make excuse for the stuff. It's just the way I am. No, it ain't. So if you don't want to talk to me, don't bring that up because it ain't going to work with me. I don't know. I'm just angry all the time. It's just who I am. No, you're not. It's what you choose to be. But you can't define yourself if that is you. That's what you've lived because of your training. But it's not, it's, not, it's not who you are. That's not ultimate truth. Are you guys getting this? It's not ultimate truth. You got to be free. Amen. Free, free, free. Our truths don't set us free. The truths we have, not the truth, our truths. Ultimately, they bring confusion. The Bible is very clear what confusion does. Confusion brings every evil work. Every evil work. So that means all these things that you have view of yourself that do not line with God's word, they're opening the door to confusion. And again, confusion is messed up. It brings ugly into life. And we need truth, Amen. The Bible makes this very clear about God. He doesn't lie. And that's what I told the young people. I said, Jesus makes it clear in Scripture that the devil lied from the beginning and can only speak lies. He can't speak true. Why? Because he's the father, the creator of lies. The devil can't speak truth. Now think about that because our nature comes from that fallen seed and everything produces after its own kind. Now you can see that's why kids lie. They're not being taught. It's their nature to lie. Y'all seeing this? Everybody getting this? Okay. And then God, he can't lie. Jesus speaks truth. So when the scripture makes it very clear, it's impossible for God to lie. 
He can't lie. And you've been thinking, why? Because he's the father of truth. He is truth. When Jesus came down, it was truth came down. The word is truth. So everything about the Father, everything about the, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is complete truth. Complete truth. And everything about the enemy and the world is a lie. So you want to align yourself with the lie, you're going to align yourself with the enemy. Align yourself with truth, you align yourself with God. You want to be free? Align yourself up with truth. It's the only way you can be free. Only way. So what am I saying? I'm saying, yeah, you've got information that contradicts what God's Word says. But understand this, the contradiction is a lie. It's not true. It's not true. So all of a sudden you start looking at this and going, this is what we do as, as you know, Jesus people. We, we love but. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I see what you're saying, but. But don't we? We love our buts. Isn't it? I'm telling you, that's how we are. Yeah, I, I, I don't go, that's what, but. But we don't want anybody else to say but. See, we want to be able to say but so we get an excuse, a way out. But if you want change in someone else, you ain't going to let them say but. You want this, but, but, but. And then your husband says, well, you know, I'd like to do this but. And you go, don't bring that but here. <laughs> no, there ain't no buts. You, this is what's got to be done. Don't bring butt. This has got to change. This has got to happen. This got to, kids, this has got to change. This has got to happen. But you be running, throwing butts all the time. Yeah, I know. I just, I'm so fearful, but, you know, I know God's word says this, but. I know, I know I should be this way, but. I know I shouldn't spend so much time on Facebook, but. I know I shouldn't be on Instagram, but. I know I shouldn't do Snapchat, even though I'm a Christian, going, ah. But. It's, it's, it, we want to do what we want to do. We use but. And God's saying, get your fat butt out of here. <laughs> it's time to do real, time to do right thing, amen? Let's live a life of truth. Y'all with me? Let's live a life of truth. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Your word is true. And Lord, in that truth, we know that we have eternal life by receiving Jesus. By calling on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved, delivered, set free, healed, made whole. But all you have to do is call in the name of Jesus. Ask him to come into your life. If you've never done it here, never done it out there, here you go. Here's your opportunity. Say, Jesus, say it with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. Save me, Jesus. And thank you for answering this prayer. Because I believe that what I've said you have answered by coming into my life. Now my journey starts. Thank you, Jesus. Now truth has given me an opportunity to be set free. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer for the first time in here, raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer for the first time out there, click the button. And I'll tell you what, this is your step, your new journey to a great and awesome life. Let's live truth together. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. See ya. Have a great day.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.